0: Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad.
1: Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment Family. I swear I talk more in the episodes.
2: Hello there. I'm Colleen.
1: I'm Anders. I'm Daniel. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course, we love Star Wars.
0: And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast.
2: Woohoo! This week, we're trying to find out what happened on level two nothing and discussing. Good. Yeah, nothing good happened, nothing folks. Good. We're, this is not going to be a fun, happy time podcast to say. <laughs> we are discussing the ninth episode of Andor titled Nobody's Listening. <laughs> I saw that title and was like, What? <laughs> okay. Right. I guess that's where we're going this week. This episode was written once again by Bo William and directed by toby haynes be warned there will be spoilers for these episodes and all things star wars and of course the obligatory adult content because we swear everyone we're not sorry
1: and Cyril wants some adult content this week
2: oh he he is ready to get horizontal with that adult content so are you two listening
0: look i'm on program new pod who dis
2: (laughs) all right and with that, <laughs> <laughs> let's punch it with our episode recap.
1: All right. So we start out back on Ferex. Dedra's interrogating Bix. Uh, she tells her prisoner all the information that Pack gave up on Luthan, AKA Alia, Axis. Sorry, I've been binge watching Alias um, <laughs> lately. <laughs> Axis. How many times they met in person, how this pirate radio was set up, where the equipment came from, how Bix was pretty much the only one who ever actually used it. Bix responds to Dedra by saying, you are just the worst of the worst kind of person. Dedra, you think she's about to start trying to play good cop, but Bix just like cuts her off and is just like, no, you're not going to believe anything I say anyway. And Dedra's finally like, yeah, you're right. So we cut yeah. over to the prison on Arkina 5. Cassian's just in the swing of things on the assembly line. Ulf's hand hurts, and he's slowing down, and it's, it does not bode well. So Cassian decides to trade spots with Taga to make the work more efficient, make kind of pick up the slack for Ulof, uh, and ultimately earns him some praise. Cassian gives Taga credit for the idea, crucially, who was not really up for it at the start. Cassian goes on his break and he starts kind of scratching at this pipe in the bathroom. Uh, it's not a euphemism. No, <laughs> no, it is not. He is actually, Adult
2: content. he is
1: actually scratching at a pipe uh, in the moment. I wasn't sure if he was trying to cut through it or like carve a message, but I think the consensus is that he was trying to cut it.
2: I think yeah, so. I think
1: trying to cut through. Yeah.
2: He's doing the old uh, Shawshank, just like yeah. dragging the rocks out on his daily walk
1: (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately he's interrupted because he has to go back out on the floor to welcome a new prisoner while the man's coming down the little lift thing Cassian and Burnock discuss the merits of whether it's a good idea to attack the guards from this position that elevator thing as long as you're not on the railing like it's not electrified, things might be good Mm
3: -hmm.
1: when the shift is over the prisoners are kept waiting in the hallway for an extra long time and like no one is um happy about this everyone's kind of concerned the alarms start going off and burnock says kind of via the sign language network that there's something going on on level two. Ooh,
2: yeah there is everybody back in the cells cassian is trying to get information from kino loy who is amazing this episode let's just get that out of the way right away but you know kino is like no he just wants to make sure that everybody's calm to make it through the end of his shifts because he's going to be going home soon. He tells them all to stop thinking of escaping, but Cassian responds that it doesn't matter because no one is listening to them. Absolutely no one. They don't have to. Later, the prisoners hear a rumor that the disturbance was caused by 100 men on level two being shocked to death. Loy tries to shut down the rumors and keep everyone on program and on task. As the shift wears on, however, Olaf is visibly more and more exhausted and I was just I was just like no this is not happening what's also
1: crazy about this like Olaf is old enough and he has been there long enough that he likely like actually did something to to earn his way into this prison
2: (laughs) that is possible but right now we're very concerned because he's an adorable man. yes (laughs) I was just I'm like nervous for him this entire time so then we cut back to Bix and Dedra on Ferrex and Dr. Gorst, this like, have you, either of you seen True Lies? Yes. The Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? No. Yes. With the spy. Daniel yeah, no, I like,
1: would not be surprised if you said no. <laughs> it's been a long
0: time and it was on FX, but yes, I've oh, seen yeah.
2: it. FX. It's so good. There's an interrogator in that, that reminds me a lot of this. Like oh this my guy God. Who yes. Who has yeah. like fun with his job. He's uh-huh. living his best life as an interrogator with this guy, Dr. Gorst. He tells Bix that he's restraining her for her own safety. (laughs) Like, don't mind the restraints. (laughs) Thanks. That is totally making me feel fine with this torture. He then puts a headset on her with, this was despicable. This was the most horrific thing I've ever heard. She gets to listen to these sonic recordings of a species native to Dyson Frey. The Empire massacred these people, found that they emitted a sound that can drive humans mad. We don't know about alien species for sure, but for sure humans are driven mad by the sound of their dying. And this particular recording is of children. So these children of this alien species are being killed. This already drove three Imperial people crazy. And they were like huddled together on, in like this crawl space on their bridge of their ship wild shit so then after bix is submitted to this torture deborah tells her subordinate to keep bix alive so that she can identify luthan as axis when they can find him
1: this was just it's it this was just so fucking
2: crazy chilling it is it is one of the
0: most chilling things that star wars has ever done i mean it's it is absolutely horrifying how casually dr gorse is just like oh yeah so we uh Massacred an entire moon full of people and uh here's a collection of all the dying screams of children. And he's talking about it like it's this wonderful new project, this new
1: mixtape that he mixed up. It's
0: it's so disgusting.
1: It made me wonder a lot because the first instance we see, or at least that gets implied, of torture in Star Wars that we get is Leia on the Death Star and it's the droid with the needle. And I'm like, did they refine this and, like, program into the torture droids? Did they come up with something worse? Like, what happens between now and, like, three or four years from now? See, I feel like
0: this is an ISB, like, special special creation from the labs.
2: Like, water. The Empire's
0: got tons <laughs> of different ways of torturing. Right. They're very creative, I bet.
2: Well, and they really didn't want Leia to be too out of commission either, so they probably wouldn't have used something like that on her. Like she said, she is the organ like she's an Organa, so they don't really want to kill her quite yet until they're sure that her information is correct. And I think that the droid gave her some sort of truth serum, maybe a little bit of pain involved, but they wanted to keep her at least a little bit stable whereas bix they don't really care
0: they're like
2: i guess she'll shake it off and be fine
0: bix is disposable
2: yes and so is which is yeah very
0: sad oh gross yeah we'll we'll have words for that later (sighs)
2: so
0: uh in her senate pod we've got mon mothma giving a very impassioned speech about common sense and the sanctity of the senate chamber and how imperial Mm -hmm. overreach is a huge problem
2: not in uh, this unf- galaxy <laughs> yeah
0: unfortunately a lot of senators are booing her and turning off their pods i mean to be mm-hmm. to be fair there are some people cheering for her but the amount of people that are just like shutting her down it's it's disheartening and you see it on her face and that transition over to when she's leaving you can just see how defeated she is
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and then her driver tells her that her cousins arrived and you yeah. can see she's a little shocked by that so Mon Mothma heads back to her apartment, and none other than Vel is waiting there with a gift for Lita. Mm-hmm. So Lita leaves the room to uh, try on her new dress, and Vel and Mon start talking about where Vel's been for the last six months.
3: Mm-mm. She's not
0: specific, uh, but she confirms that she's headed home to uh, to Chandrila soon. Mon tries to get some more information, but she's not going to bite. Yeah, like, who? I'm sorry, I don't know who, who we're talking about. Uh, so, <laughs> good for you, Vel. <laughs> Uh, Later on at dinner, Perrin asks Vel if she's returning home to find a husband because... God, you're so dumb, Perrin.
3: You're so so (laughs) full.
0: Perrin, do you think someone that cool, that stylish, that much of I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude is a straight girl, some basic straight girl running back to Strandrilla? No. (laughs) Vel is an interesting lesbian doing interesting lesbian space things. She doesn't need a man.
3: No. Oh, I mean, all she's the good already a Yeah,
0: like, God. Perrin just like classic, I want to slap him moment. He's mm-hmm. the worst. Yeah, so um, I don't know. Maybe we'll keep having what I've been wanting to have happen. Mon Mothma divorces uh, Perrin and ma- marries Tay. I mean, everyone at the
1: table is just like, So, Mon, you banging Tay yet? Yeah. yeah, you used to.
2: And Mon's like, I hey, used what? to,
0: right? Did you Mom, tell her? No, we were in grade school, what?
1: Yeah, Mon's like, we were in the third grade together. fuck is wrong with you people? Like adorable. We walked
0: in a park once, like, you yeah. fucking jealous bastard. We held
2: hands in the sandbox. You know what? Maybe
0: <laughs> I should fuck him, just to spite you, parent. Alright, I'm gonna stop before I go down my fanfiction. Um, before she leaves, Mon asks Vel to keep up appearances as a spoiled rich girl. You know, remind them who you are. You know, play it up. Like We, we gotta be safe here. Uh, at the ISB, Dedra delivers her report on Bix and Pax information. Uh, she still hasn't gotten Axis' identity, but she's thinking they got a list of stolen gear that's moved through Ferrex. She's feeling good about her disgusting torture interviews, as she calls them. Her interviews. Freak. Uh, she reveals that Cassian came back to Farrick's three nights after the Aldani theft with money to spare. So she tries to link them Uh she's trying to come up with ways to do it and her assistant uh how do we say his name i think it's Hirt. Hirt? yeah i don't yeah. think we've uh, heard it in in uh in person before but yeah he's got an interesting one that gaunt jake gyllenhaal yeah offers up the information <laughs> that cassian was clean shaven which matches the description of the aldani thieves all of them were clean shaven as well so the empire or the isb chief part is like all right let's go forward uh dedra does confirm though empire's watching marva uh they don't think she's going to survive an interrogation though because she's frail and old and i hope she proves them wrong
1: and just precious protect marva for fuck's sake (laughs) so Cyril's back at his mom's having some more cereal
3: Mm -hmm. he just
1: loves his cereal And she is just like constantly berating her son. She is saying how much of a disappointment he is. How she has every right to snoop in his room and his secret box. (laughs) I don't even (laughs) want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Because she gets up every day. She irons his clothes. She pours his milk. All of this shit. And I prepare two meals
0: a day. Okay, excuse (laughs) me? You pour cereal in a bowl. He could
1: do that i mean i i know i do know somebody whose mother cut their meat for them until they were like 14 yeah, oh,
2: yeah. I,
1: okay same Ooh. i definitely
2: know people like that
1: and really only stopped because we just would not stop him about it yeah. <laughs> see but that's good. being a good friend that yeah point. that's <laughs> yeah
3: that's good
1: um <laughs> anyway he gets her offer off his back eventually by revealing he's gotten a promotion I totally thought he was lying in this moment.
3: So did I. I 100% so did I, thought yeah. he was,
1: was lying. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> But later, Cyril seeks out Dedra, aka he stalks her, and confesses that yeah. he is so thankful that she got him this promotion. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he has this weird obsessive love for her because she's the only one who understands him, aka she only understands how dangerous Cassie and Andor is. <laughs>
3: She tells, him truth in the the
1: universe. F- she tells him to like, get the fuck away and leave her alone. He grabs her by the arm being like, yeah. no, no, no. no. She's like, mm, oh, my mm, God. Mm, mm,
3: mm, 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 mm.
1: Space incel.
3: Yeah. Total
1: space incel. Like, mm. she's the first person who's ever given him any real recognition. Yeah. And
3: ugh. a
2: girl looked at me. <laughs>
1: The
3: girl really looked at me and told we me, were I didn't have good job.
1: issues like this in Star Wars, but here we are.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, it's a good, it's a nice, uh, nice moving on from all the daddy issues. Right. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> prominently daddy issues. Prominently, it's area. all
1: daddy issues. <laughs> anyway, Tay and Mon are talking about their finances. Uh, they're under even more scrutiny than they thought, and they need a large deposit to come up. To cover up one of these major withdrawals that just kind of disappeared off the ledger, they need Mm four hundred thousand credits. And Mon's like, "Yeah, if I had that kind of cash on hand, we wouldn't be doing this, (laughs) right?" So Tay states their only real option is Daval Skuldun. Just what a fucking name!
2: Great name. I'm (laughs) here for it. Yeah,
1: like he just sounds like a bad guy. He sounds like he sounds like someone who would be in the back of a piano bar with a martini and a cigar.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Completely.
1: He is a Chandrelin banker who Mon pretty much just identifies as a thug. Mm-hmm. Um, and with her disdain on the subject, Tay's like, all right, look, we probably still have to do this, but I will look at other options.
0: I I interpreted that as she gave in to the fact that she
1: has to. I think she did, but he she yeah. also was like, All right, I will continue, I will still
3: I'll look try. at other places. Right,
1: but I like. They can't find anyone that soon. She's going to have to do it.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: So back at ISB, here it tells Miro that uh, the Empire has captured a rebel pilot and Dedra says to have Gorst interrogate him. So give him the sonic dying children treatment. But Um. here it says he's actually already ordered it. So for the second time, he's taking this kind of initiative this Uh episode. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. In a larger meeting with everybody else, the pilot is identified as a pot part of Anto Krieger's rebel group which is the same group that Luthen wanted Saw to work with last week so either mm-hmm. Saw is very smart and knew they were going to get caught or Saw is very dumb and working with them would have prevented them from being caught that much is left up to you mm-hmm. the ISB ultimately decides they're going to send this pilot's x-wing back on its original route, but sabotage to explode and make it look accidental that way they can explain this pilot's absent and the rebel raid at Spellhouse, again, great name, that the great. pilot told them about can move forward, and they will be able to apprehend this entire cell.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Big old uh-oh coming. So, speaking of uh-ohs, back on Narkina 5, <laughs> during a drill, Olaf collapses. I was distraught. I had to pause.
1: I knew show. it was coming. Like, you knew it oh, was yeah. coming.
2: knew it was coming. I just was like, you got to be kidding me. But this kind of solidarity is what I'm here for in Star Wars. His team like held him up together to keep him on program. Like they all kind of did this wall around him to kind of hide him from the surveillance. Oh man, but it's not going to be over now. In the hallway, Kinoloy learns that Olaf is fading and needs a doctor. So the rest of the prisoners are sent on, but Cassian and Kinoloy stay with Olaf, who is just he's done. Folks, he's just done the medic comes this very world weary looking motherfucker who is also a prisoner he's just wearing blue stripes instead of the orange he says he can't help so he euthanizes olaf saying that now he's actually free it's like (laughs)
1: this was like like, i felt like this was like a serious like shawshank redemption moment like i was just like
2: oh my god was here yeah this was like "Mm." was
0: so brutal the fact that he had a massive stroke like i know you know we're in star wars and it's fantastical and all that but these are still human beings and having something so real in that moment it just it felt Oh, it was yeah. just—it was rough. It was very rough to it watch. Was really rough.
2: It's rough. It's terrible. Just mm, you gotta, got gotten. Mm. So, that poor old
0: man was so close to getting he free. Was so well, well he was, was he? Mechanic,
2: yeah, mm, yeah. He was definitely going to die there, one way or the other. Yeah. The medic tells Loy and Cassian that the incident on level two the other day was because one of the prisoners recognized a quote-unquote new prisoner. As someone who he'd seen before that was supposed to have been released, like his time was up. He was supposed to be gone. When the prisoners got a little unruly, hashtag riot, at the result of this error, the guards electrocuted the entire level. And this is basically because of an error on the, like, admins part.
1: Supposed.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
2: supposed error on this admins part lawyer realizes that when he reaches the end of his shifts he still won't be going home he's stuck here forever in this underwater facility with nothing left to lose he answers Cassian's question about how many guards on each level and masterful masterful Andy Circus, that look on his face with perfection says quote never more than 12 end quote shivers Ooh, this was shivers. insane like the amount
1: of people this week who have just been like I, and i i can't disagree mm-hmm. but it's also like it doesn't necessarily like feel like a quote-unquote like star warsy line but the amount of people who are just like this is like one of the absolute pantheon like classic star wars quotes now just yeah, never more than right. 12
2: yep and they're right my, they're 100 percent right yeah. my brother who's not even watching the show I was like, you need to watch the show just to watch this episode. And he's like, why? Never more than 12. And I was like, the line. (laughs) (laughs) Not even watching the damn show. Anything about it. I know. I just got shivers. I love a prison break. I love when they make it Shawshanky. I'm all here for Stephen King, realism and space. (sighs) Okay. Let's head into our overall reactions for this episode To say the episode gripped me the entire time is an understatement. Like when they were on Aldani, it was very tense and just intense the entire episode. This is a different level, I think. Just like the dread that was there. It was a Mm -hmm. different kind of dread, the kind of like you're trapped and you can't escape. Dread just of knowing Olaf was gonna die. Like the entire episode, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop for him to die. And then Mm -hmm. to find out that they're stuck there, just incredible. The pacing of this episode, excellent. Uh, You can tell that the writer also has experience with political drama and Bo Willimon is very used to that. He's a writer on House of Cards. And then the director also has done Black Mirror episodes. So he's really good with atmosphere. And they just knocked this one out of the park. This entire arc has been an exercise in pacing and waiting for it like waiting for this line for Andy Serkis to drop on us and that's why it worked I think so well and then just giving these characters time to shine like of course you get Andy Serkis you're gonna let him do stuff unlike Snoke (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) they did not give Andy Serkis enough time to develop Snoke as a character I have a better feeling for who Kino Loy is from like mere minutes on screen than from all of the like weird shit that they did in the sequel trilogy with Snoke repair the weapon yeah I was like I'm like I don't get who Snoke is I don't get his motivation I don't get anything Kino Loy, I understand exactly who he is what kind of person he is and I love that about this this character drama aspect of it and, and then one I thing said this, I
0: gotta say about Andy Serkis oh, yeah. real quick amazing uh performance actor and all that but getting to see him in person like mm-hmm. actually live in the flesh is amazing yeah. because the things he can do with his face yeah, yeah. he okay. is a master mm-hmm. he is I mean, a he's master.
2: In, uh, one of my favorite rom-coms 13 going on 30 and he just
3: plays oh, yeah. that movie oh yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah but i mean his facial expressions are so good that like th- i mean his he's probably most well known as gollum
2: yeah Gollum and at this caesar point caesar from Gollum
1: caesar but like his his face his face is so expressive that like when he's doing when he's doing those voice characters they're mapping his face and they're just like exactly. oh we actually have to map this and make the character do these exact same expressions as we're doing yes. it like we can't just take your voice yeah. we need your face
2: and that's amazing. Like Andy Serkis. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: why he's so good at no. an
2: incredible oh. actor. Check out
1: the uh, the Gollum featurette on the uh, Two Towers Extended Edition DVD. Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> Watch all of the appendices in the Lord of the Rings Extended Editions, but yes, especially that when they're talking about creating Gollum. Back to Andor. We love you, Andy Serkis. <laughs> Segway <laughs> back into the prison. I just really love, and I was struck by how dedicated the prisoners are to each other. Because yeah, like the guy who killed himself by jumping on a thing. They seemed to be kind of cranky about that. But then they show dedication to people like Olaf. They care about each other. And it's so unlike most prison shows. Like most prison dramas are usually like the inmates are spiteful. They're out to get each other. They're in cliques that aren't like real friendships, really. They're just kind of there for survival. But this one, it really seems like these guys care about each other, even Cassian, who's only been there a short while. And yeah, they also want to like make sure that they have a full table of people. But Olaf was old, like they could have forced him out or done something to him to make him just be unable to work. And they didn't. And then Andy Serkis is showing that he's actually capable of being a human when Mm Olaf is dying. I was like, I don't know if it's like him projecting onto... Olaf like thinking he's going to be able to get out and if he can get this one guy out then it'll help him it just the whole part in the prison just blew me away I loved every single bit of it and that freaking interrogation sequence I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to move on from that
1: oh it's it's insane Mm -hmm. now I love the prisoners being there for each other and I also like the fact that that actually seems like it's at least in part due to the fact that that is like a Cassian innovation like kind of from where they were when he first got there versus now like a couple months later, mm-hmm. they seem to be a little bit more in solidarity with each other. Yeah. A little bit more willing to talk to each other. All of that. Yes. Communication <laughs> is key. Communication and therapists. That is what star Wars needs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Especially for that doctor. My God. Oh, my
1: God. Oh he God. Needs a lot He's of therapy. <laughs> fucking creepy as
2: shit.
1: So I want to talk a little bit about, um, my reaction when I first saw um and when he like steps up in that meeting is like oh casting was clean shaven like Mm -hmm. there's a couple of different reads you could make on that one is like he's trying to help Dedra and one is he's trying to shine himself and the fact that he does that and he like go ahead and pre-orders the torture on the rival pilot like it's Mm -hmm. kind of like that watch your back to me it was it was that moment in the devil wears Prada when Anne Hathaway steps up Emily Blunt like can't remember some guy's name and Anne Hathaway like steps right in and has it ready and knows she's done her homework she knows her shit and that is like the power dynamic shifts right there and you can see that Deadroy is like clocking this to a certain degree part of her is a little confused by it part of her is like I don't know how I feel about this but it it's so fucking good Mm -hmm. Um, it's
2: drama everyone
1: workplace drama, home place drama. I just got to say, Lita is a fucking mood. It was really (laughs) cool to see Vel come in as kind of like the cool, fun aunt. Yeah,
3: Having her being
1: related to Mon Mothma, I don't necessarily like it, but I'm not opposed to it. Either way, she's like having fun with Lita and Mon's like in, they're all kind of laughing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Lita has to like, just like spoil it. Like she notices that her mom actually has a smile on her face. And then she's like, well, dad lets me do what I want.
2: Yeah, and I'm just like, like God damn it, you little shit, a little teenager. <laughs> stop that.
1: <laughs> she is a, There's a certain amount that I'm willing to forgive her because she is definitely a teenager, and like teenagers are a whole mood. But just like, come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I and parents just a dick in general.
2: Yeah. We're gonna talk about him too. <laughs> uh,
1: I love seeing the internal workings of the ISB. So every time we've kind of had a glimpse into this in the past, we've always kind of had a view from the guy at the top it's been Tarkin it's been Thrawn it's been Callus. these guys who have a ton of power in what they're doing that they don't actually have to really talk it out with a group Mm -hmm. but to see them like hash it out figure out the plan figure out what's going on I'm loving seeing just getting into these kind of somewhat lower level people fantastic
2: yes Yes. and And these meetings cannot be emails folks these need to be like real life meetings yes (laughs)
1: and then lastly my main reaction to this episode is cyril what the fuck
2: fucking we're gonna talk about this in the character section i got such a
1: weird fuck
0: (laughs) i feel validated for all the all the slander i've thrown at him
2: not even slander (laughs) it's all true yeah
0: all true (laughs) fucking dweeb all right (sighs) um i have to say this episode just it started perfectly instantly had me nervous because is scary. She is really. a scary lady.
2: Tiny and like blonde scary lady. <laughs> yeah.
0: The twitching on her face as she's like getting up in Bix's uh just she's very scary. They started on the right pace and then they just kept that tension the entire episode.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah.
0: you brought up the director and the writer. They both they they fit perfectly. Yeah. The the way they shoot that prison you feel so claustrophobic even when you're in an open room like uh the assembly room you're just surrounded at all times and it doesn't matter how tall the ceiling is you're still you know you're in a box and like it made me feel claustrophobic in my own house like just how you're surrounded by the empire you're surrounded by the the web of lies everything that's going on in this episode you're just bunched in and they just created such an atmosphere. Um, I gotta say, you already brought up the ISB. Amazing, all that. The prison, though, it's fascinating. It's fascinating seeing how they've developed this camaraderie across, across floors. They've got yes. sign language to speak mm-hmm. to each other across these tunnels. The way these different shifts are, like, even though they only see each other in these tunnels, they still know each other. They have these relationships going on. Yeah
2: the shift leaders for sure know yeah, each other too
0: yeah and like it's it's nice that we didn't even really get a good introduction on um on some of the new prisoners that cassian's working with he just slips into to speaking with them and you're like mm-hmm. oh okay cassian's been making friends like here he is with bernock all of a sudden yes.
2: oh i think okay. he was on the transport with cassian when he came yeah in, i think
0: i i think you might be right i'd have to go back and look but like you don't see him talking to him at all in the first episode of, of the prison arc. And then here they are. I was afraid he's staring at Cassie and going off to the bathroom. We're like, what is he going to rat on him?
3: Mm-hmm. Nope.
0: They come up and they're talking about escape plans. Like yeah. it, it's nice how they didn't just say, Hey, here's this new character. You are friends with him. Yeah. They just let us like jump jump into where it's been. Like we don't know how many shifts it's been at this point, but yeah. you can tell so much time has passed because of how, ingrained they are into it it's just god it's so well done my my big problem with this episode is that it ended and i was like <laughs> i don't have more to watch
2: yes yeah. the non vengeable problem <laughs> yeah
0: you can't end on a, such a hype episode or such a hype line as never more than 12 and then like oh no i need to know where we're going now
3: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I actually think that's a great uh, segue into our next section: our characters' general discussion points. Starting off with our main cast, Ian, and Daniel. You're right. He's he's ingraining himself in this crew, a hundred percent. He is busy this episode. He's planning his escape. He's trying to win allies, and just trying to be good at his job. He's got yeah. that idea in his head. As long as we're producing these machines, yeah. they are not going to care what we're talking about or what we're doing or anything like that. This actually reminded me a little bit of, especially when you were going through that, your reaction there, Daniel, uh, in the series Star Wars Resistance, which definitely has its ups and downs.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a there's a sequence where Poe Dameron is talking to the main character Kazuda, who is like really really excited, wants to be a spy for the Resistance, yeah, and wants to hyper. like go out and like. M- Meet all these people and like try and like ask leading questions. And Poe just sits and town, is like, you know what being a spy is? Making friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's getting to know people, get them to trust you, and then let the intelligence just kind of flow naturally. And that's exactly what Cassian's doing. Mm-hmm. He's making friends with these people, he's giving them credit. He is so good at analyzing his environment. No matter where he is, he is swinging the important votes over to his side. He's assessing places. He's assessing the people. He's crunching the numbers in his head to make sure that the outcome is where he ultimately wants it to be. And he's showing compassion. This is, I mean, we've seen him show compassion for Marva, definitely for Bix, these people he's known for a long time. But he generally hasn't shown that much compassion for a lot of newer people. He had almost none for the Aldani crew. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I mean, escaping is gonna bring him some benefit. Obviously, he'll get out of prison.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But you can see the like strain and the pain in his eyes when he know when he knows what's happening to Olaf. Yeah. It's it's hurting him to see mm-hmm. this happen to this like fragile old man who probably shouldn't be here.
2: Yeah. This poor guy. How was yeah. he rated okay for labor, first of all? Like what the hell? Well, it is? was
1: 20 years ago.
2: <laughs> and that's yeah, he
0: that's probably fair. was okay at the time or something
2: yeah or
0: they just didn't care right once
2: he was there they didn't
0: yeah yeah it doesn't matter if he's no longer too yeah
2: yeah
0: which is really and (laughs) there were little hints that i think he might have had dementia or something yeah oh he was losing track a little bit yeah Yeah.
2: dementia arthritis his whole body was just failing
0: he was going through it and then kino Loy, man just Andy circus just slaying it this whole episode the delivery on not just the last line but everything when he's having uh, like he's trying to calm everyone down in the tunnel but Mm -hmm. having a full-on breakdown on his face he's just so good the first episode of this prison arc they present him as the company man just kind of biding his time until he's released and they play that up a little bit more but then you see how he is with the crew and how he actually cares about people like Olaf about to get released and I don't know. Was he projecting like, "Oh, Olaf's about to get out"? That means like, "Look, I'm getting close too." He was putting all his hope in that basket, but you know that that's for someone else to decide. But I mean, he he really did have genuine emotion, and he was distraught when Olaf was euthanized. So I'm I'm excited to see where he goes going forward because uh, they pissed off the wrong man.
2: They yeah, really he did.
0: did. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Don't make Golov angry. I <laughs> think we all learned that from the Lord of the Rings. These guys aren't watching the right programs.
0: I'm more okay. scared of Caesar, honestly.
2: Oh my God. Caesar is fantastic. Also. I still have to see Everyone, the third one of those. Oh my God. With Woody Harrelson, it's amazing.
1: It's so. I thought good. that was. Wait, wasn't Woody the second one?
2: I thought it you was know, the third one.
1: Woody Harrelson's the
0: third one. I've watched all three one. of them. I'm okay. obsessed with them. I they are
2: all very very we have to good. move on or
1: i will talk
0: about caesar vs coba for the entire episode
1: i mean i do Every just can. i do just want to point out that there is a movie Daniel seen that i haven't
3: yeah <laughs> i've seen newer stuff one.
0: older things
1: it's harder for
0: me
2: oh daniel one of these days oh. we're just going to have a bunch of movies and watch them <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be fun okay yeah um moving on to like some of the stuff that's going on in the prison like the nobody's listening line also diego luna slayed that amazing oh that's so good so good like i love it like cassian's trying so hard to turn kino light of his cause but he doesn't want to get involved he's like shut up shut the fuck up i don't need to ruin this for me yeah don't ruin this for me But then we also love that Cassian in this instance, he means the prison guards, but he's also referring to the empire in general. He's been saying it since the beginning. He snuck through because they're not watching. They're not listening. They don't care. They don't have to because they believe Mm -hmm. they have the upper hand. And so they become complacent. And then he's right. Like The prison is using the fear of observation to keep the prisoners in line, not actual, at least auditory. Observation, but then there are obvious flaws in the system. Like Cassie, is just in the bathroom, I guess, yeah. sawing away at this pipe, and no one has. Look, the
1: empire doesn't have toilet cams, okay?
2: <laughs> they what them for yeah. They they're like you know what they need at least one place where they can have <laughs> and it's in the refresher. But like for real what the hell is the Empire doing? I mean, I guess sawing through one pipe might not do anything, but that's just one part of the plan, I have to believe. And then of course, the prison is obviously going to fall. Like something, I don't know if the whole thing will fall or if it's just a minor inconvenience, but we really like how it's kind of a microcosm example of how those in power basically seed their own downfall because of oppression and this Mm -hmm. kind of oppression like people will only go along with it for so far just looking at level two like they had only one reason to riot and they did and they're going to rise up for a better future because they don't want to be fucking stuck there forever like the empire they could have kept their word they could have released people after they were done but instead they choose to recycle them through the system and this choice is eventually going to lead to Cassian escaping like there's going to be a prison break there's probably going to be a riot either way Their treatment of the prisoners is what is going to lead to their doom. Like they're sowing their own defeat here. They don't even pay for like a non-prisoner doctor. Like, what did they think was going to happen? That this guy wasn't gonna like spread his news. He's cynical as fuck, but he's still like telling people like Kino to like watch your boys, make sure they don't get out of line. You know, like cutting these kind of corners is why. People are gonna die. Like the sorry guards, your Air Jordans are getting stripped off your feet very soon.
0: And I will be very happy for it. Because that condescending one that gave the speech when they first arrived at the mm. prison, mm. I'm ready to see him fry. Yes. Ugh. Yep. Someone that I don't I want his, fe- don't want to his
1: feet to fry though. I want them to smush his face <laughs> onto that floor. Fine with it.
3: <laughs> Fine with
0: that. Yep. Uh Someone that I was not happy to see in the hot seat, though, was Bix. Mm-hmm. She gets put in a horrible situation this episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Dedra is absolutely cruel to her. Bix is... <laughs> the script says questioned, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say <laughs> that she was not questioned. She was full-on <laughs> tortured, and then forced to give answers. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, I mean, I do not blame her for having to crack it. Like, no, there's only so much she can take. Dedra, despite what she says, on you don't want to have multiple listens, that's what does the most harm. You know, Dedra wanted that because yeah. she's enjoying it way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, like Bix, I know that we tend to revere people that resist torture, but I mean, the people that are going to do that are like force sensitive or super trained. You're, you're just a brave scrapper from Ferrex who did the best you could. I raise my glass to you. I hope you get out of this because you don't deserve any of this.
2: No. She really doesn't.
0: And also, can we just shout out to Pac real quick? Because oh, that's that was
2: okay. I think he lasted so a while.
0: Yeah. Through the night, apparently.
2: Mm-hmm. Poor, poor guy. Just horrible. And his poor kid, too. Right? Like, his son being like, my dad didn't do anything. Like, really oh it just is heartbreaking what and something bad is going to happen on ferricks too like let's let's be fair something's going to happen next we're going to move on to our imperial slash villain section and oh my god (laughs) what um dedra just like holy shit we can't like you anymore (laughs) although i mean i kind of can i mean yeah i mean she's obviously the kind of person on that side that we're still like most interested in and most intrigued by like she's just totally ruthless though in this episode like saying they can kill prisoners torture people for what they need and then showing that she does enjoy this process but then her coldness comes back down immediately like she kind of shows glee a little bit which makes you wonder if she's even really enjoying it or if she's playing a character who enjoys it she just because that iron curtain comes back down Like immediately, she just has all of these different faces that she can put on, and I'm not sure we've seen like her actual face yet. She's like this dangerous predator where you can't tell what's going to happen by looking at her or observing her. Just like very, you're watching her from like don't go in the tall grass, basically, because that is where Dedra is. She's kind of like this shark, emotionless, constantly swimming, constantly hungry. But then it's very shocking how fast and easy the cruelty comes to her. Like-
1: it's it's so weird because it's, and we'll talk about him in just a second, like, because if you contrast her and Cyril, mm-hmm. um, they are kind of two sides of a similar coin of like, how dangerous is a true believer? Because
3: mm-hmm.
1: she believes in what she's doing. She's not mm-hmm. doing this just because she wants to cause torture and torment. That's a right. fun, that's a fun side effect. Yeah. She's doing this because she thinks it's what should happen to ensure peace and security in the Empire. Exactly. And Cyril um, would like to do the same thing except he is just a whiny little <laughs> fucking bitch.
2: He gets off on it. Like, let's be fair. Cyril gets off on being in authority, I think.
1: He gets off on people telling him good job.
2: Yes. Both him and Dedra, I think, have this praise kink going on, although I think Dedra is much more of like the dom in this scenario 100
1: <laughs>
3: percent.
2: yeah first of all why didn't she fucking report him after what he does she threatens to but why do we think she didn't report him because she wants to use him like i think she wants
1: i think she wants to use him i think that she's actually this steps a little bit on predictions for later mm-hmm. but i think it when you when you compare what he's willing what he states he's willing to do for her to the situation with her assistant hurt are here like I think she's she's potentially positioning herself depending on how she reacts to be in this kind of dangerous trap of like surrounding herself with sycophants
3: right
1: like surrounding herself with people like Cyril who are just like all devoted straight to her won't question her won't like bring anything up that right. could potentially bring her down and that will lead to her downfall
0: mm-hmm i i'm taking it a different direction i think she might be seeing him as an asset that she can use to throw away like mm. i think she sees him as something disposable to use i don't think she's going to put him in a position of power like her assistant um uh, but getting him blown up uh, <laughs> as a distraction i think she might see that oh, as useful
2: mm-hmm. he's definitely the kind of suicide bomber where she could just Strap a thermal detonator to his chest and be like, "Off you go!"
3: <laughs> and he'd
2: totally do it if it meant he would win. I think he would totally do it.
0: Art would be an explosion blah. in that moment.
2: <gasps> mm-hmm. mm. Speaking of Cyril, mm. Mm. I have thoughts. I have a lot of thought just let him, Cyril. let him, let him roll. Oh, um. just like blah. <laughs> For somebody who like seems to dislike his mother even maybe hate her and the way she talks to him and the way she goes about things he sure does go right for the same kind of woman like for real dedra is commanding and stern like my dude your degradation kink is showing real hard right now it's obvious that you want to like wear a collar and a muzzle and be told bad dog and good dog depending on your day But, like, seriously, there is something wrong with this man. No kink shaming. If that's what you dig, you dig it. However, how he goes about this is just not okay. Share your consents
0: or share your kinks with consenting people.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Don't involve someone in your bullshit. (laughs) Like Unless you want someone to step on you (laughs) with
0: their giant leather boot and, like, make you call them mommy. Make sure that they say that's okay.
2: Yes exactly Alan, do
0: you know somebody <laughs> um no i know some people that saw this episode and, Dej- and saw saw dedra and were like oh oh no this is doing things for me and i'm yes. like why why is
1: the space nazi uh, doing things for you
2: big step on me energy yeah. from
1: yeah make sure she at least likes oh, democracy man. like uh yeah. like yeah. in the expanse yes <laughs> yes,
2: yes. Uh, yeah, if you're going to get a dom make sure that they are all in on democracy first. yes <laughs> i love it so much um i just thought it was fucking creepy like we need to talk about how creepy this was this was fucking creepy as shit it was awful like so just fucking creepy cyril thinking he could stalk her go to her workplace say all that weird sexually charged crap just like wild shit that he thinks he has the audacity to think that this is okay he has the need to grab her he yeah. touches her he touches a woman who like obviously could get him into trouble but if she, she saw him in that her.
0: moment i would have been happy
2: oh yeah if she had like karate chopped him and like called down every guard in the place i would have been no like, no
0: yeah. gun him down herself right there
2: oh yeah that too if she has a sidearm go for it girl yeah. just go for it like Star Wars has great villains, but this is the first, like, highly hyper realistic stalker kind of character Uh that we have, kind of like the guy from You, where it's like they could be seen as charming in some areas or have gotten away with certain things, probably just through their looks or through how well they do their jobs. But this guy is terrifying. Like, Dedra mm-hmm. is scary for real in that interrogation sequence. This action here makes Cyril the scariest person. Like, he obviously has no self preservation <laughs> whatsoever. Absolutely nothing. He's just ready to go in there and be like, Yes, I love you. You made me <laughs> want to live again. And she's like, You gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> just I like, wanted
0: to follow up on our conversation.
2: That wasn't a conversation. We
0: interrogated you.
2: Yeah, and then told you to get the fuck out of here and never fucking contact us again. How in any way, shape, or form was that an invitation? Just like, Uh nothing. Nothing she said or did in any way should have welcomed him back except then he gets promoted. So he's like, I have a reason that I can go and find her and thank her. Just like this really icky kind of like gift giving gift receiving thing where it's like now i have a reason to speak to you because i need to thank you for this gift that you maybe bestowed upon me it's just this kind of level of realism that i never really expected of star wars yeah. and yet here we are mm-hmm. oh. as someone who had a boyfriend that did this kind of shit like Ooh.
3: oh Ooh. yeah
2: oh yeah hit very close to home used to come oh, to my God. place of work and like no show no, up. no 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 yeah, he. We did not stay together, obviously. Whoa. But uh, just watching the sequence made me like I needed to go get a blanket and like curl up in it like a burrito.
3: Oh,
2: <laughs> I, I do not feel safe. <laughs> but let's move on to somebody who we do feel safe with, even though yes. she might be trying to kill Cassian. <laughs>
0: So we've got Vel, poor little rich girl. So, okay, that's the rich family she's from. She is part of Mon Mothma's family. They're cousins. I mean, I, that's not what I was expecting. No. Uh, we thought maybe that there were some connections with her and other characters, but here we go. That's how she's connected, and that's wild. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice. We get to see a little bit of the warm side of Vel. Uh, we get to see her interacting with Mon and Lita. But you know she is taking Santa's advice now and sticking to those words of committing to the rebellion. You know we yeah. take what's left. Um, she did come to Coruscant just to uh, you know clean up, get some leads on Cassian and whatnot. Um, but yeah, she uh, she's gonna have to go out and go back to Chandrilla for a little bit just to uh, take some heat off her back. Uh, Mon, oh, I feel her so to, sorry um, for you. Yeah, <laughs> go shopping. But, I mean, I. Uh, <laughs> I kind of understand where, where Vel is coming from. Like she wants to be out there doing something and with the person she loves, but she has to go hide from some bullshit that she ran away from. Like I, I feel for her, but yeah, no, she is getting to live a very posh lifestyle uh, while she's on the run. So uh, she's fine. Um, uh, it, it is nice that she gets to hang out with Mon Mothma and, you know, with some family that accepts her. Then you get Perrin being the asshole that he is, jabbing about a husband, and I, I love Mon's look at Vel the whole time.
3: Like,
2: I know what um, you are,
1: right?
0: <laughs> this like,
2: is great.
1: I see you, girl.
0: I
2: um, feel like
1: this could have been like a Downton Abbey dinner. Oh
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> definitely. Yes. Like, oh, man, has no idea what's get, going. to
1: get some. Gonna, are you gonna get married soon,
3: <laughs> cousin? No.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. uh, in due time, good sir. Like, fuck off. <laughs> Perrin sucks so good for vel though she just kind of skates her way through it and you know she's good at navigating these things i think that's Uh part of why she was on the aldani mission she knows how to navigate people so yeah mon tells her go back home and do you think she's gonna go back there and her parents are gonna be asking the same things that parent were (laughs) like where's our grandchildren hmm?" like god that would suck you're
3: not getting
2: any younger
0: (laughs) right (laughs) oh all the good ones are taken huh
2: uh-huh. With
1: that massive eye roll, like, yes.
0: <laughs> wow. Get she's his a ass. Spinster
1: at what, 25, probably? Right. Yes,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, God. <laughs> um, And then we have her cousin. We have Mon Mothma, who is, oh my gosh, guys, perish the thought she's being forced to meet with a thug. <gasps> I mean, she has morals. <laughs> she has morals, but, you know, it's too difficult for Tay to get her money. And uh, <laughs> they must uh, meet with another <laughs> banker. It's, I. I feel oh. for Mon in these ep- <laughs> in this episode a little bit. But, I mean, we don't know if this is going to really go well in the long run. But Mon hides in plain sight until, she- until the Gorman Massacre. Like, Mon hides in plain okay. sight for the next, like, three years. Yeah. So, whether or not this particular thing is going to go well or go bad for her it's gonna ultimately be okay and then even when she has to go into hiding she does still manage to get access to a lot of her money I'm pretty sure because she stays in that position of power in the rebellion as its general figurehead so Tay might be taking the fall if things go wrong here we're not sure maybe Perrin tries to get rid of Tay I wouldn't put my money on Perrin in that situation
2: (laughs) no I really wouldn't either (laughs)
1: Let parent get shot. Let parent get shot. <laughs> but I mean, there's, they keep having all these hints about Mon and Tay's past. And at least to hear Mon tell it, they went to like elementary school together. So although let's be, let's be real. She was a politician by the time she was a senator when she was like yeah. 16. So yeah. elementary school might be like our grad school <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to what they're learning. <laughs>
3: Hey, is Lita's so secret father
0: confirmed?
1: Just
3: start that spouting some wild conspiracy <laughs> yeah.
1: conspiracy theories about this. No, I do think
0: oh,
3: Lita okay. and
1: Clay look remarkably similar, though.
2: They do. They do look a lot alike.
1: All right. Well, then let's move into our next session here. Our homages, Easter eggs, connections, callbacks. Not quite as many this week. And mm-hmm. Ori has been very tight to the chest with this sort of thing. But Colleen, let's start off with that title.
2: All right, yes. Our title is nobody's listening. The episode title alludes to one of Cassian's final lines to Jin Urso in Rogue One. This mm-hmm. made me a little misty-eyed as well. I am a yeah. crier, everyone. That's just how it is. In Rogue One, he asks Jin, quote, Do you think anybody's listening? End quote. And she replies, quote, I do. Someone's out there. End quote. Like, oh, <laughs> like yeah. we know that they are, but they don't. Like, they're this is their hope.
1: And I mean, that right there is just it sums up what the rebellion is. Like, it's in a nutshell, it's the empire wins by making you think that you're alone, but actually, that the people are out there, they're listening. If when we stand up together, that's when we win. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So,
0: we also get a reference uh, to. My uh, area of the neck of the woods, I get we get a reference to the video <laughs> games, uh, the planet John Dora. So it's uh, from the Legends game, the Old Republic. One I actually haven't played. My roommate loves, though. Uh, so it's an imperial planet with a lot of black market goods and things like that. Uh, so this is the first time we actually get it mentioned in canon. So that was pretty cool to see brought up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, an Old Republic reference last j- week with Bell Savis. So yep. that's kind of neat that they're throwing these in there.
1: Yeah. We also get onto the planet Kafreen, aka the Ring of Kafreen. Uh It's an asteroid mining belt uh, colony where Cassian meets Tivik in the opening to Rogue One. Unfortunately, Cassian thinks he has to kill his, kill his injured informant in order yeah. to escape from the Imperial forces, which is just a really brutal opening to that movie, and yeah. I fucking loved it.
2: Yep. Yeah. I was like, oh we're doing it that's All how right. we're doing this yeah. <laughs> yeah we're gonna go there this is fantastic and then i had to take this one because <laughs> it's from the animated shows mon mothman Vell reminded us of satine and bo-katan Kryze from the clone wars
3: mm-hmm. the cousins
2: have conflicting ideologies but they want the same thing to help the rebellion however mon is against violence kind of like satine was whereas Vel will do whatever it takes to defeat the empire which yeah. fair. And then we also liked how Belle repeated Cinta's line from last week, like basically verbatim, and mm-hmm. that the cause comes first and they get what's left. Which is I felt, like. I
1: felt so bad when she says that. I was like, no, yeah. no, honey, I know.
2: No. I was like, no, you're supposed to be with Cinta. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're supposed to make her realize that you can have both. That's
2: right. Yes. Just like Kanan yeah. and Hera, but it was too late. <laughs>
0: I hope these two can make it work,
1: but I don't feel like it's going to be a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: uh, if like
2: We
1: just got a white title card one day that just said Andor.
2: Unfair. Unfair <laughs> and uncalled for.
1: How dare you <laughs> assault me like that?
3: I'm I was like just flashbacks. sitting here.
0: I was just sitting here and then you my did tr- that to
1: me.
2: My drink's almost gone. How dare you? <laughs> everyone
1: watch rebels to want to know if you want to know what the fuck we're talking about
2: i need
0: some emergency support ice cream for this (laughs) um all right i'm gonna move on before we have to before my mind dwells on it further uh so we get some hecklers in the senate scene and it uh feels a little bit too close to home it feels a little too real world Mm -hmm. i mean mon's just trying to help this the public like she's trying to keep people their rights uh and there's people within the government in the galaxy who are like, nah, let's just surrender our way. Like, as long as we feel safe, but you know, yeah. as long as the, the people that we want to get hurt are getting hurt. And there we just, heard
1: things like that before. Oh, God. And there was just something so sad about that moment because you see her, she's standing on this platform. She is attempting to give this incredibly. Powerful speech, or whatever. But right there on the front of her pod is the symbol of the Empire. That symbol of fascism yeah. is right there right. on on the platform she's standing on. Yeah,
2: Ugh. wild. She's in her own kind of prison, basically. She really is. She just gets fancier clothes. Yep. Yeah.
1: Next up, again. Somewhat depressing here. We get this line from Cassian. We're cheaper than droids and easier to replace. So Cassian is reminding Moy that the Empire is not interested in spending money on expensive droids when it's so much easier just to use disposable humans. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh, This actually is a lot of like phasing out the clone troopers with the stormtroopers. We see this in the Bad Batch. One of the main arguments against the clones is how expensive they are to produce and maintain versus conscripting citizens which you can just grab them off the street and who the fuck cares yep. and they are so much more replaceable and they have so much worse aim <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> they maybe should have thought about that before <laughs> decommissioning the clones um, I wanted to add this last one in here because I was seeing a little bit of activity about this topic online seen this too. about yeah. the lack of aliens in Andor which yeah, Tony Gilroy yeah, they've we've seen them like in background shots, and then of course yeah. the doctor Quadpa, who is the mm-hmm. best and must be protected at all costs. Yes, <laughs> we really haven't seen a lot of aliens yeah. in Andor, and oh, I don't know if it's because Tony Gilroy likes a little more realistic aspect, and aliens can kind of take you out of that. But it is interesting to note that there are very few aliens mainly because the empire is racist as fuck and doesn't allow aliens into like the navy or public service like the isb probably does not have any non-human people yeah. we have seen like a pantoran in one scene but it's just really interesting how they're focusing on only humans and i think i uh, some people were kind of Cranky about this because aliens are very Star Wars they are whereas this kind of grittier aspect doesn't necessarily lend itself to the makeup that we've seen I think they could be have like blue green yellow skinned people though
1: yeah I think they could do a little bit more than a little bit more with that I mean my basic guess is that they spent all the money building the sets instead yeah. of using the volume right. so they were so now they have Budget. to <laughs>
0: yeah and i get that but like we could still have like a devaronian or we could have like a, a couple of yeah, some exactly. zabrax like we could have some near humans that are alien enough we right. like, can have some both people I, yeah you we need a little bit of flavor
2: could have Mirialans. they only need face paint like yeah it could be done
0: yeah like if they could sprinkle in just a little bit more diversity mm-hmm. of aliens that would be great um
2: right. or at least um, make that's a like comment my only on complaint
3: it. really like yeah. at the
2: prison be like well the floors don't affect aliens as much so there are no aliens here yeah. like S-
0: something yeah
2: something like give us something like why aren't they here it's very conspicuous yeah. that they're not here
0: i think that's my only real complaint yeah
1: all right well with that let's hit into our final section here questions and predictions we'll go through any final questions we have coming out of this episode what do we think is coming next and what do we want to happen next mm.
3: Hmm.
2: Okay, so Krieger gets another name Whoa. drop here, this time mentioned by the ISB. Kind of want to know if their little fishing operation is going to work. Are they going to unmask Krieger's operation? I did like that Dedra talked about catching fish in nets at the beginning of the episode, and then she thinks up this idea of baiting Krieger's team with his exploded X-wing. I love it. I love symmetry. I love plot details that add up to something. I think I think we mentioned this last week what, that we think Krieger was going to pop up again, and that yeah. maybe he would be like the next set piece for the finale, mm-hmm. like his group and trying to save his group might be the end that we see, and maybe that's where Saw comes back in, like he gets to swoop in and rescue them. <laughs> I can totally see that happening, just because I don't think we've seen the last of Saw.
1: That no, that was, yeah, too, that was no way too. That was way too short for her. It's way too
2: short. I think he needs something else to do. And I think somehow Cassian's going to be in the mix in this too. Like maybe he gets picked up by Val at some point or Sinta, if he goes back to Ferex and tries to like find his mom, just to say like where he's been and what he's been doing. It'll be interesting to see how they pull him into like the rebellion. I think Val is going to have to be kind of important there or Saw. Maybe two will be like, that Cassian kid's all right. We need to to pull him into the rebellion. (laughs) I just want to see more action and interactions with Cassian and some of the other main cast again. I want to see him get pulled in.
1: Yeah, I think we're ready for that. Personally, I want to see Cyril just go down. Yes. (laughs) I want him to reach way too high and to see Dedra smack him back back down honestly he'd probably ask her to do it harder so
3: <laughs>
1: that's what i really want to say i want to see i want in- icarus to fly too close to the sun yeah but not yeah. really even knowing that he's icarus yeah because i mean I just Cyril, want him to go Cyril down wants Coruscant. to be the only other person i can think of that i know has like a perfectly tailored uniform is like tarkin Cyril wants to be Tarkin.
2: Tarkin, yeah. He would And a
1: Tarkin you will never be. He will never be. All right. Question for you guys What's in Cyril's box? (laughs) I don't want to know. in Cyril's secret box.
3: (laughs) I (laughs) want to know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say.
2: It's probably a picture of his dad (laughs) because his dad's not here. Like, where's his dad? We don't know. His mom probably. Also, where's my Uncle
1: Harlow spinoff? Like, I don't need to see yeah. Uncle Harlow on this show. I just really want to know. More about I Harlo.
0: want Uncle Harlow to be some like New Jersey space dude just going to like Atlantic City and gambling away. All. Like, absolutely. So that's it.
2: Yeah.
3: That's all Uncle I want. Uncle Harlow is
0: played by Michael Imperioli. And
2: yes. <laughs> yes. I want. And he's now. going to the
0: casino planet from episode eight and just getting toasted and like playing I don't, slots. Can
2: he f- afford Canto Bite?
0: Oh, uh, that's true probably not yeah probably he's, not. Going he's going to like, like he's going to the hard rock tampa space version
1: <laughs> <laughs> so again with cyril a little bit like mm-hmm. colleen you've mentioned this several times he's very set up as the javert character um i kind of want to see Dedra move into that for like the end of the season and maybe like moving her into season two mm-hmm. like she gets very very close she takes out cyril and cassian like messes with her shit so she ends up with this like really obsessive need to take him down over the uh the next season and she's constantly hounding him I admit that loser was right <laughs> <laughs>
3: After then <he> kills him.
1: <laughs> someone we didn't see this week everyone's talking about luthan but we haven't really seen him lately yeah so what's going on with him it's cool that like his presence hangs over the episode
0: and we never see him. Yeah. I, I hope we get a little more involvement with him next week. If everything that he's gone through before this, though, didn't radicalize Cassian, this prison experience has to. Yeah. Like by the time he gets out, I I really I think he's going to be ready to uh to join whatever rebellion causes is, is telling him that. Like, yeah, we'll take you in. He's going to mm-hmm. probably join them because he's gone through some shit. Yeah. Um, I think the thing I'm most excited to see is how Cassian and Melshi are going to bond next episode. Yes. Cause we can tell there's already interaction between them. Uh, like they have some communication in this episode, but like, I want to see their bond really grow and like what makes them stick together across these years through in the rebellion. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm wondering, is Melshi like already part of a rebel cell? at this point in Ooh. time Ooh. uh That'd because be cool. like we've we've brought up some people like Krieger uh with the attack on Spellhouse or we've got um they mentioned Maya Pay uh yeah. as another uh cell and I think Saw had mentioned her last week yeah. so there's A possibility <laughs> yeah so like there's possibility maybe Melshi has been with one of these cells already and he's going to be the entry point in for Cassian uh who's been radicalized by this prison Or maybe, I don't know, Cassian does get out uh, with Melshi and some others and Vel Senta. Someone finds them and they're like, all right, you know what? We're going to we're going to let you uh, let you rock on this one because of how much you hate the Empire now. So there's some ways that they could play this. Um, I'm excited to see it. And uh, I just the more and more we get towards the end of the season, though, I don't think this is going to be a happy ending at all. No. The ISB has been too competent. They're on top of Krieger's plan for Spellhouse. Uh, that's something that Luthen is trying to pull off. It sounds like that's his next job after Aldani. So I don't think this is going to go well. I I think we might see Spellhouse play out pretty badly in the final few
1: episodes. Oh, yeah. Be really bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we can all somewhat agree we're getting the prison break next week. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASW Pod. Uh, send us some money so we can buy a blue check.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Follow us wherever piece.
2: you're. <laughs>
1: Follow us wherever you're getting your podcast. Hit that follow button. Leave us a five-star review. Check out all of our previous episodes on main Star Wars films, other Disney Plus shows. Check out all of the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Colleen and I on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. Daniel will be joining us shortly over there.
3: And Colleen Star Wars
1: book reviews are up on BohemianGeekStudies.com. And then join us next time when we take on the next episode of Andor. Until then, remember, there's never more than 12 on the floor. And visit your rich parents, damn it.
2: They're worried. If
0: you
1: don't (laughs) want to visit them, I'll go in your place
0: for money.
3: Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye. everyone.